Welcome to My Park Story, presented by the National Park Service. People form connections with their favorite national parks and programs, and this park cast is a place to come together and share those stories. I'm your host, Dave Barak. Today's guest is Steve Mock, a search and rescue volunteer at Denali National Park and the president of the board of Denali Rescue Volunteers. Hello. On today's installment of My Park Story, our guest is volunteer and president of the board of Denali Rescue Volunteers, Steve Mock. Hey, Steve, how are you? I'm doing fine, Dave. Thanks for having me on your show. It is a pleasure to have you. Your story is so unique, and it's something I think a lot of people are going to be truly interested in. Tell us, Steve, what's your park story? So I, I saw national parks for the first time in the uh, about 40 years ago uh, as a young adult. I think I'd been to a couple of parks before that, but in uh, 1981, we spent, uh, uh, we essentially just drove through the Tetons and Yellowstone. And I saw the Grand Teton for the first time in my life and was uh, just knew right away I had to, uh, had to become a climber. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so did uh, learn to climb and uh, first climbed the Grand Teton in 1985 with my brother. Um, uh, went on to climb extensively in the Tetons over the next few years, climbed in Rainier uh, uh, after that, uh, sometime in Yosemite, um, uh, Glacier National Park, Zion National Park. Uh, and then uh, about 15 years ago, I got involved with the Kumbu Climbing Center, a program in, uh, in Nepal that trained Sherpas how to work on Mount Everest. Uh, some of our instructors were National Park Service climbing rangers. And I got to know them and spent time with them and uh, got invited onto a Denali patrol in 2014, uh, got invited back in 2016 and again in 2018. Inv- invited means that when I begged them to let me go again, they <laughs> said yes. Um, and so I've been working with them since 2014 and continue as a volunteer, uh, mostly at base camp at this point, and then got involved with Denali Rescue Volunteers as well. That is very cool and very unique. And I want to take a moment to let the listeners know that we have volunteers that do just about everything in national parks. People staff the front desk and help people with their with their visits to national parks. Uh, people staff campgrounds and help to keep the campgrounds safe and clean. There are all sorts of things for volunteers to do. But the reason we're ha- here with you, Mr. Steve Mock, is because your experience is so unique. You've been talking about climbing, and that's because your volunteer position is as a search and rescue volunteer at Denali National Park. That's correct. It's a uh, it is a fairly unique position. Um, during the climbing season, May and June, in starting late April and into early July, but essentially May and June, uh, the uh, South District Ranger Station out of Talkeetna, Alaska. Uh, will put rangers on the mountain, climbing the mountain just the, the way the climbers do. And they'll be on the mountain. Uh, each ranger will have about a, a approximately four-week, three-and-a-half to four-week patrol on the mountain. And it's one ranger with three or four, sometimes five volunteers, uh, volunteers that they select themselves uh, who have the appropriate skills uh, to help with the Park Service mission, stewardship, education, safety, as well as search and rescue. Uh, and the uh, and the personality to get along in a small tent, tight quarters, stressful situations for uh, for weeks at a time. That's pretty remarkable because I don't want to 
do much of anything the same for three and a half to four weeks. I don't even want to take vacation that long. And yet you are a person who thrives and goes on these uh, these details to spend all this time, not just in, in, in doing one activity, but you're doing something that is stressful, that does have temperature extremes, that does have this, this almost claustrophobic feel to it because you're working with the same people, sleeping in the same tents, eating together. What is that like? And what are the bonds that you form with the other volunteers and rangers? It's a it's a pretty intense uh, uh, situation. There's there's downtime, and so you know, there's time we're playing cards or reading books or taking a nap. But mm-hmm. there uh, uh, there's plenty of intense time as well, especially when a rescue is involved. Uh, but you develop a very close bond with uh, uh, with people like that. You may not spend time with them away from the patrol again. Uh, uh, you know, just in in your personal life, you might, but you might not. Uh, but you always have that sort of special bond that I think is uh, uh, is shared from the the intensity of the experiences. Uh, it does take the right personality to uh, to manage that and to do it in a way that other people like to be around them. That's great. And I will be the first person to say, I can't do what you do. I am an inside ranger. I call myself an inside cat. Uh, I do a lot of administrative work and a lot of education and interpretation, but I definitely don't think I've got the constitution to do what you've done. And since you have this great experience and you've got this great knowledge, let's talk about safety in these environments. These are, by definition, extreme environments. These are places that are, are potentially quite dangerous. Can you share some ways to be safe when you are embarking on a climb like Denali? Number one, I think, is to uh, uh, is to really pay attention when you meet with the ranger for an hour, hour and a half prior to the trip. You get a lot of reading material. You can look online for a lot of information, uh, some of which is very good information. Uh, some of the information uh, on the internet is suspect information and we can get fooled. Um, what? Uh, People on the internet? <laughs> are giving us bad information, things that might not be true. Say I'm sorry so, to break Steve that God. news. Sorry to break <laughs> that news to you. Uh, okay. But the, uh, uh, during the, the ranger briefing that lasts an hour or so, uh, the rangers go through a lot of details with, with a lot of good advice. And the, the advice can be fairly simple, um, uh, like uh, ascend slowly enough that you have time to acclimatize. Uh, be aware of the weather so that you don't get caught out uh, away from your tent, away from camp in uh, high winds and cold temperatures, blizzard conditions. Uh, so there, there are multiple rescues every year. Uh, uh, most of them are probably avoidable uh, by following, uh, following that sort of advice. But I think people get impatient. Um, they, uh, they think it's a little bit more of a sprint rather than a marathon to climb Denali. Uh, that's been a little bit of a troubling trend the last few years that people try to climb too quickly. Uh, and get themselves into trouble in a variety of ways. And you see people that are sometimes not making the right decisions for their safety and the safety of others. But I know that you've got stories of people that make the right decisions. You were describing to me uh, a couple that had wanted to make the ascent and ultimately change their minds. Can you tell us about that? Because it seems like somebody was really trying hard to make the right decision for their safety. 
It did make the right decision. Uh, they successfully reached the high camp at 17,000 feet and, and took a fair amount of time, uh, probably 10 or 12 days to get to that point, giving themselves plenty of time to acclimatize and prepare for the, uh, their summit push. They left the high camp at 17,000 feet um, and headed for the 20,000 foot summit, 20,320 feet. Uh, they got to about 19,700 feet, 500 feet from the summit, probably an hour, hour and a half away from the summit. Uh, and one of the partners did not feel well. Uh, and they, uh, they concluded that the best decision was to turn around. Uh, this person was not going to improve by going up was not going to improve by staying out longer. They turned around and, uh, and returned, even though they were within almost spitting distance of the summit. They yeah. came back the following year uh, and almost exactly the same thing happened. And yet they still turned around, made a wise choice. A uh, number of years ago, I helped fly a, uh, uh, a patient off from 17,000 feet who pushed on to the summit in bad conditions. Uh, and uh, this person had extensive frostbite on fingers and toes uh, and was fortunate that the, uh, the helicopter was able to fly them off and get them to medical attention very, very quickly. Uh, that was somebody who probably could have avoided that frostbite had they not suffered from what we often call summit fever. You just get so close, you think, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, it's not going to happen to me. I'll get this done. Yeah, I... I can understand the mentality when you've been pushing for a goal so hard, so hard, but it is heartening to hear that there are people that are cognizant of their surroundings, know their limits, know what cannot be accomplished this time around. And I, I, I think it's really commendable that, you know, we're able to cite people doing the right thing, because I think a lot of the times we're having the opposite conversation. It's really a, a, a challenge, a conundrum for climbers all the time. Climbers by their very nature are ambitious and goal-oriented. Uh, and yeah. they, they, they wanna get to the top. Um, but at the same time, many of us hope to, uh, to return home. Many of us hope to continue doing this for years. Uh, and so there are times that it's, uh, you need to turn around. Each person has to make that decision themselves. And sometimes it works out well, and other times it does not work out so well. Yeah. So, Steve, as I've described, I mean, we have volunteers across the national park system that tens of thousands of people every year that are putting in hours that you cannot believe to help us make the parks what they are. And there are all sorts of roles. What advice do you have for people that might want to get involved with volunteering as a search and rescue volunteer or otherwise? The uh... I can only speak about the Denali program, uh, and um, I'm not an expert on that, but I'm heavily involved with that. Um, we get frequent inquiries from our Denali Rescue Volunteer uh, uh, email address through the, through the website. Uh, we get frequent inquiries about uh, uh, joining a patrol and becoming mm -hmm. a volunteer ranger. And we send out a, a, a lengthy letter in response to that, how best to go about doing that. And, and the two things uh, that really stand out uh, are to, uh, to climb the mountain, uh, do your own personal trip on the mountain and become familiar with what it's, what's involved. Uh, so you've got some experience with altitude, cold conditions, climbing on an alley and get to know the rangers. Uh, the rangers select their volunteers each year uh, mm -hmm. because they have to know who they are and how they're gonna respond and, and if they can get along with each other. And so, Getting to know the rangers, letting them know you're interested, 
as well as that experience on the mountain are really the uh, the keys to getting involved with something mm-hmm. of this nature, something that is so intense and so long. It's not just a few hours in the afternoon um, in a in an office somewhere. Yeah. There's, you know, I don't mean to belittle that that volunteer in any way, uh, right. but this is just a different situation. Certainly. And, you know, I'll fill in some of the gaps. If there are people that are listening that say, I want to help the parks, I want to get involved, I want to meet people, I want to do important work. There are parks in all 50 states. You're going to find them in big cities, small towns. You're going to find them in the mountains on the coast. So please go to nps.gov and find out more about the VIP program that's volunteers in parks. And as Steve said, it can be as um, involved in extreme as spending three to four weeks on the mountainside with rangers in a tent in uh, extreme conditions, or as I like to do, it can be uh, directing visitors to various sites within the park. It can be answering questions. Uh, you know, there's something for everybody, and I hope people will will join in and and join up. Before we go, Steve, I do want to ask you a question uh, about where you stay when you go on these um, expeditions, these these volunteer trips, because you were talking to me a little bit about the town where you stay and some some interesting stuff about that town in Alaska. Where is it? Uh, Talkeetna, Alaska is in southeast Alaska, about two and a half hours north of Anchorage. Uh, it's off a of spur road. It's on the highway that goes to uh, from Anchorage to Fairbanks, but about uh, 14 miles of uh, spur road to get to Talkeetna. It's a quirky little town uh, and a uh, uh, very interesting place full of tourists in the summer, pretty quiet in the winter. Um, a uh, uh, historic uh, uh, bar in there that uh, uh, is uh, quite interesting to, uh, uh, to visit. Um, and, uh, and that's the launching point for climbs uh, uh, on Denali. Almost everybody flies by a, a small aircraft into the mountain to, uh, to fly uh, because you can get there in 40 minutes versus a week or 10 days of walking just to mm. get onto the mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so people fly there. Uh, so that's where the ranger station, the uh, South District Ranger Station is located. Um, and we have Denali Rescue Volunteers provides a, a house. We lease a house for two months every summer uh, where our volunteers stay for the two, two or three nights prior to the trip as they're preparing for their patrol and one or two nights at the end of the trip as they're cleaning up and debriefing mm-hmm. from, the, mm-hmm. uh, from the patrol. But Talkeetna is definitely worth a visit. Interestingly <laughs> enough, the, uh, uh, the ranger station is located in Talkeetna, which is 50 or 60 miles away from the closest national park. Uh, so it's a ranger station. Trivia question: It's a ranger station <laughs> that is not in a uh, in a park. And I'm going to leave our visitors. I'm going to leave our visitors with a uh, a message because I think you told me about a bumper sticker you saw in Talkeetna, and having spent a lot of time in Alaska, I identify with the message of that bumper sticker. Steve, what did that one say in Talkeetna? That said, uh, Talkeetna, we're all here because we're not all there. <laughs> it's clever. I spent uh, a season working at Sitka National Historical Park in Southeast Alaska, and I feel it. I feel it. Uh, so it's 
it's an interesting place. It's an interesting story. You're a very interesting person, Steve. I'm so grateful that you spent a little bit of time with me today telling our listeners about your very special, your very unique volunteer experience at Denali National Park. Well, thanks, Dave. I've enjoyed it as well. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Steve, and everybody else listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>